Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Devarim Perek Vab Pesuk Dalit, the great Shema. Shema, hear, or hearken, Yisrael, O Israel. Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel. Adonai, the Lord, or the Lord is, this is the sacred name of God, Shem HaGadol, yud heh the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Eloheinu, our God, Adonai Eloheinu, the Lord is our God, Adonai, the Lord is Echad, often translated as one, it is better understood as alone, that is first in preeminence, Adonai Echad, the Lord alone. So let's recite the opening of the great Shema. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Amen. The Shema is the central admonition in the traditional Jewish prayer book called the Siddur, and it's often the first section of scripture that a Jewish child will learn. And during its recitation at the synagogue, Orthodox Jews pronounce each word very carefully, and they sometimes cover their eyes with their right hand while doing so. Many Jews recite the Shema at least twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. The Shema is also written on a small scroll by a Torah scribe that is rolled up and put inside a case called a mezuzah. The complete Shema is actually made up of three separate parts. The first part comprises Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 9, which is the core Hebrew affirmation of faith. The second part is called the Vehayah, that's from Deuteronomy 11 verses 13 through 21 stressing the blessings that come through obedience to the Lord and consequences that come from disobedience. And the third part is called Vayomer. That's from the book of Numbers 15, verses 37 through 41. This passage concerns the use of the talit, or the prayer shawl, and the commandment concerning the fringes called tzitzit. So the opening affirmation, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, has three names of God. The name the Lord, Adonai, Yudhe which appears twice, and the word Elohim, or Eloheinu, meaning our God. So it's a three-in-one affirmation at the beginning of the great Shema, the three parts. And the three parts themselves are composed as a unity in Jewish thinking to form one affirmation of faith. Interestingly, the word Echad in Hebrew can imply unity in plurality. The word for one and only one that is unique is more often rendered as Yahid. For example, in the book of Exodus, chapter 26, 6, the various parts of the Mishkan, or the tabernacle, are constructed so that it will be one achad, mikdash, or sanctuary. And Ezekiel spoke of two sticks, representing fragmented Israel, as being reunited into one. The Lord said, and they shall be one achad, one stick in my hand. Ezekiel 37, 19. Likewise, Moses used the word achad in Genesis when he wrote that, Adam and Chava, the husband and wife, will become one flesh, Basar Chad. Of course, other examples could be given, but these should suffice for now. Just remember that the word Echad in Hebrew means oneness or unity rather than numerical uniqueness. Theologically, the implications of the Great Shema are consistent with Trinitarian theology because, again, God is oneness and plurality. God is a tri-personal being or tri-unity of being, and that implies that unity and community and interpersonal reality are part of the essential nature of God. You could say that love, 
This communal sense of love is essential to the structure of reality. And that's why we read statements like God is love in the scripture. But when we affirm that God is one, we are not tritheists. We're not playing language games here. We're affirming a great mystery, namely that this idea of achdut, or oneness, that is implied in the name of God, also implies the reality and expression of God as the Father, God as the Son, and God as the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. It's not a language game, though, of course, it is paradoxical. So we affirm then that the Shema attests to the transpersonal unity of God. God is one, but that oneness is known through a tri-personal expression of reality. After all, the idea of God being one in an absolute sense, this is called monism in philosophy or in theology, implies zero differentiation, aloneness, separateness, that means non-communicability and passivity ultimately in relation to human beings. Philosophically, this idea is expressed in Aristotle's unmoved mover. God is the start of a great cosmic machine who is contemplating his own navel and really has no interest of reality outside of his own self. That is an implication of monism. In this connection, I should add that the Torah is certainly anthropomorphic in its theology. God is described in human terms, for example, as the son of man, which is really the converse of God creating man in his own image and likeness. God is also described as being the father of Israel, as well as being the spirit of God. So Trinitarian theology certainly is not something that the Christian church invented, but rather is implied in the thoughtful interpretation and reading of scripture. It's even implied in the very first verses of the Bible. The book of Genesis begins, Bereshit bara Elohim et hashemayim ve'et ha'aretz, ve'ha'aretz ha'ita tohu vavohu, ve'choshech al p'nei tahom, ve'ruach Elohim merechefet al p'nei hamayim. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Notice that the very opening passage of the Bible implies the triune nature of God. First, we have a narrator, an omniscient voice. Next, we have God, who is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Note that the name God used here, Elohim, is a plural noun used as the subject of a singular verb. In other words, Elohim is plural, but the verb, bara, is singular, he created. We see the same usage used later when God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. And third, we have the spirit of God moving upon the face of the deep. And so we have one God expressed as three at the very opening of our Bibles. So perhaps ironically enough, the Shema is used by traditional Jews to imply that God is one, stressing monotheistic faith, and so on. However, its very words imply the triune nature of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Or as I said earlier, it can also mean God alone. And we know this Lord through the revelation of his word, given in Yeshua the Messiah, the Savior of Israel. Amen. The first part of the Shema continues with the Ve'ahavta, which begins, Ve'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha b'chol levavcha uvchol nafshecha uvchol medecha, which means, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your being. Note that Yeshua, when asked what was the great commandment, 
answered, first of all, saying, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, and then went on to quote that very passage. Look at Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 28 through 30 for that. And that's my prayer for you, that you wouldn't miss the pearl of great price, the hidden treasure in the field, the most important thing about what life really is. That is, that you would come to know the living God and the truth that's revealed in His Word, and particularly in the revelation of His Son, Yeshua the Messiah, our Savior. Blessed be He. May the power of Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, confirm these words to you. Shalom, shalom, friends.